Greetings of the day to all the listeners. Hope all of you are doing great. Thank you so much for joining in and welcome to Simply Geeta. Though many people are alive, not all of us are living life the right way. And this exactly is the purpose of Geeta. Today we'll start with the second chapter of the Geeta and I request all of you to be attentive during the journey. In the first episode, we learned about the confusions and problems of Arjun and in this chapter, we'll get the solutions of the same. from the lord in this chapter there is analysis of the fear and confusion of arjun from here starts the wisdom for which bhagavad gita is regarded as the ocean of knowledge sanjay tells dhritarashtra that krishna saw arjun in a state of compassion with his eyes full of tears and his mind full of doubt arjun was in grief with no hope or courage and in such a situation krishna starts explaining him the way of life The Lord asks Arjun that in such a critical and important moment how is it that Arjuna was displaying signs of attachment and impure thoughts such a mind full of doubt in a situation of war is not expected from a great warrior like Arjun who knew the value of life Krishna wants to explain that a true warrior should not be attached towards the enemy due to attachment or other reasons if we turn our face away from the call of duty then it is something which cannot be accepted and this can never benefit anyone krishna further explains that if he is on the battlefield he should give up his weakness and fear and fight the enemy in a state of doubt we should also remember this lesson and engage in our action without any doubts with all our might arjun explaining his confusion tells krishna that how is it possible for him to fight on the battlefield with people like bhishma and dronacharya the people from whom he has learned everything and has always worshiped them how will he shoot his arrows on them but we should understand that as far as an arrow is concerned it does not differentiate between a friend or an enemy it only knows the intention and focuses on its purpose in the same way we should also focus on our purpose and our duty and forget everything else Arjuna tells that living in this world as a beggar is better for him than killing those elders whom he has always worshiped even if they win the war it will come at the cost of the blood of their superiors which is not acceptable to Arjuna Arjuna is now confused that in between fighting or restraining to fight which is the better option for him he doesn't know if he will conquer or be conquered and as far as Arjuna was concerned the people whom he did not want to kill were actually standing on the opposite side as enemy there is no human being who can predict the future we do not know what lies ahead but we can definitely control the decisions that we make at the present moment in the state of fearfulness and weakness arjun tells that he has lost all hope and courage and in this situation he requests krishna to tell him for certain that which would be best for him and then he accepts himself as a disciple of krishna in such a state of weakness we become afraid and this results in confusion in this state guide is what we actually need and it is only when we clearly express that we are confused that the guide is able to help us on the right path of life arjun tells that if he wins the battle he will get land riches and fame but even after getting these the pain and the sorrow that he was experiencing in his heart will not decrease when there is the sorrow of losing the loved ones then no comfort can give happiness similarly when we are unhappy and depressed 
then until we find the cause of such unhappiness and overcome the same, nothing will provide us with happiness that we seek. Sanjay tells Dhritarashtra that Arjun, the conqueror of sleep, once again tells Krishna that he won't fight in the war and after speaking this, he becomes silent. Now, sleep is a natural necessity for every human being and it is not possible for us to conquer sleep. But Arjun was believed to be so great and powerful that he even conquered his sleep. But at this moment, Arjun was unable to conquer his fears and his attachment. A lesson to learn here is that it is not possible to predict that when can a particular fault dominate our minds and cloud our rationality. Just like Arjun, we need to fight the faults and move ahead. Dhritarashtra's excitement was rising. Though he could not participate in the war, he wanted his son to win and so he was interested in knowing every single thing that was happening on the battlefield. Sanjay tells Dhritarashtra that in between both the armies, there was Arjun with tears in his eyes and in front of him was Krishna who, with a smiling face, gave him the direction of life through the following words. One thing to note here is that Krishna was smiling not because he was enjoying the pain of Arjuna, but because he was aware of that which no one else was aware of. And from here, the Gita wisdom of Sri Krishna starts. Krishna tells that though Arjun was speaking like a wise man, he was mourning for those people who were not worthy of his mourning. He tells that the wise neither lament for those who are dead, nor for those who are alive. In other words, Krishna tells that there is no reason for us to lament for anything in this world. In the next verse, Krishna tells that there was never such a time when either he, Arjun or any of those kings did not exist and never will there be such a time in the future. Krishna mentions that as far as the human beings are concerned, we are always existing. We come, we go and we return in this world. But for people like us who are trapped in this world, this concept is slightly difficult to understand. But Krishna explains that just like the body goes through the transition of infancy, youth and old age, in the same way, the soul undergoes the transition from one material body to another on death. And a composed person, a wise person, is not puzzled by this change. In one way, Krishna is trying to tell us that change is the law of nature. What we are at this particular moment is different from what we were five years ago. When the change is the law, then why should one mourn for it? The one which does not change, however, is the soul. Krishna tells that the happiness and distress which arises from the senses is temporary just like the winter and the summer seasons. The factors which are experienced by our senses are only temporary because they are related to the body. Krishna explains that we must learn to tolerate them without being affected too much. In one way, Krishna here is recommending the people to embrace the path of stoicism, which is a state when a person is not affected by extreme emotions. Krishna tells that the person who treats happiness and distress as same and who is not troubled by the senses is the one who is suitable for liberation. Here we can assume liberation as freedom from the problems that we have in our life. The person who remains calm, composed and same in both happiness as well as distress is the one who goes ahead in life, irrespective of age. If we look back, we may recall that a favourable situation made us extremely happy and an unfavourable one turned us into a morose person. 
this is how most of us have been living life but the wise person knows that neither happiness nor distress lasts forever moving ahead krishna explains that the knowers of truth have concluded that as far as lie is concerned it has no endurance and for truth there is no change meaning to say that a lie has no value a wise person knows that there is no use of lamenting over sadness or becoming too excited about happiness because both are replaceable none of these are permanent we should note that krishna here is trying to explain that when human beings are operating at the extreme of emotions they are not aware of the truth then krishna tells arjuna these words that which is responsible for the entire creation cannot be destroyed in other words he tells that only that is permanent within whom the entire universe is placed everything else is temporary but this truth is permanent our soul is permanent and it does not die but the body is temporary and it dies krishna tells arjuna that he should engage in the act of war because as for the soul it is indestructible and if this is the truth then there is no need for sorrow over failure or defeat if we fail then we should understand that it is only temporary and success may come to us if we try enough but again the success would also be temporary so krishna here is suggesting that one should not get too attached to a particular state the person who feels that the soul is responsible for killing or the soul is destructible is unaware of the truth because the soul never kills or gets killed the only truth is that it exists it is only a result of lack of knowledge and too much pride that we humans feel that we are responsible for a particular task or that we have achieved a lot the truth is that everything that we do is just the supreme using us as a medium to get something done this is the reason i mentioned in the first episode of the podcast that i am only a medium for this knowledge krishna then explains that the soul neither takes birth nor it suffers death just like energy the soul can neither be created nor destroyed but it can only be transferred from one body to another the soul is unborn permanent eternal and earliest even when the body is destroyed the soul remains as it is when there was nothing there was the soul and when there will be nothing there will be the soul then the lord asks arjun that a person who knows the soul to be indestructible and everlasting how does that person ever kill anyone or causes anyone to kill but unfortunately we give more importance to lie than truth just like we give more importance to the body instead of soul dust thou art and dust thou returnest the body has emerged from dust and it will go back to dust the lord tells that just like we humans give up our old clothes and wear new ones similarly the soul gives up the previous bodies and resides in the new ones except for soul everything changes the soul just changes its home from one body to another the body has a specific age but not the soul it is not possible to cut the soul by any weapon fire cannot burn the soul water cannot moist it and wind cannot dry it soul is not ordinary and cannot be compared with anything that is a part of this ordinary material world it is the one and only and it is not possible to cite any example similar to the soul soul was there before our birth and it will remain after our death
The soul is eternal and everywhere. It is still and unchangeable. It has always existed and will always exist. Krishna tells that the soul is indescribable. It is not possible to describe the soul or explain the same because we cannot understand it through our senses and neither can we think about the soul. The senses are used to understand material world and emotions like happiness, distress, anger, etc. But the soul is beyond this material world and it is free from all faults. Krishna then tells that after knowing the soul in the correct manner, Arjun should not lament for the body because it is only temporary. A lesson here is that when it is time for us to perform a duty, then we should not even care about our body or fear death because body is temporary and death is also certain. In other words, we should act with fearless attitude and given our 100%. Krishna then speaks about the soul to Arjun because he wants Arjun to understand that his grief for his family and friends was pointless. He tells that even if Arjun feels that just like the body, the soul is also born and it dies, then even then there was no reason for him to grieve. Lord speaks that one who is born will certainly die and one who has died will undoubtedly take birth again. Since birth and death are related and they are factors which are certain, why was there any reason for Arjuna to express grief? Krishna wants to explain that we humans always tend to express grief over something which is certain to happen, but this is not wise. That which is certain will surely happen. And in such a situation, why is there a need for us to lament and make ourselves weak? We should not lament uselessly and instead indulge in the discharge of our duty. Then the Lord tells that there was no appearance of a person before his birth and there will be no appearance of a person after death. If it is certain that every human being appears in the world only for the time between birth and death, then why was there a reason for us to lament over someone's loss? This is the truth of life and the sooner we accept it, the better for us. Some humans look at the soul in wonder, some humans explain the soul in wonder and some humans hear about the soul in wonder and some people, in spite of hearing about the same, are unable to understand it. So here Krishna indicates that understanding the soul is not very easy. It is no surprise that we often hear about such things of knowledge but in a short span of time we forget the wisdom and go back to our previous actions. Krishna tells Arjun that the soul which resides in the bodies of all living beings is indestructible and so there is no reason for Arjun to lament for any living being. He tells that when the soul which is the only truth cannot be killed by anyone or anything, then why? was it happening that Arjun was expressing grief. Krishna reminds Arjun that he was not worthy of being afraid, so he should give up this fear because as far as a Kshatriya is concerned, a warrior is concerned, for him no work is as fruitful as fighting on the right principles. So here the Lord reminds us that if we have decided to do a particular task, then come what may, we should never be afraid from the problems. With our best efforts, from the body, heart and mind, we should do that work. Krishna here advocates a life of action. He tells that every human being has to perform his duty and be ready for action. As a student, our duty is to obtain maximum knowledge. As a businessman or businesswoman, our duty is to provide the maximum value to the customer. As a teacher, our duty is to ensure a bright future for the students through proper knowledge. 
Every person has a different duty and we all are supposed to perform the same. Krishna tells that only the fortunate ones are given an opportunity by the Supreme Lord to fight and discharge their duties in the best manner. There is no greater pleasure than accepting the challenges which we are given. He tells that a war or any battle that we human beings experience in our personal or professional life brings with it the open doors to heaven. If we are given any difficulty, it is because the Lord of the Supreme Power wants us to excel and perform our duty. All the people who have achieved great success have done so after overwhelming troubles and challenges. Now Krishna tells the consequences of inaction. He tells that if Arjun will refrain from fighting the war, then as a result of giving up his duty, he will lose his fame and experience hell. He gives a warning to all the human beings to make us aware of this fact that if we do not accept the challenges which life throws at us and if we do not perform our duty, then we will commit a great sin and we shall experience hell. Our nature creates the willingness and determination within us to act and perform our duty. However, if our inner nature starts forcing us to neglect our duties, then it is a sign that we are going towards the wrong path. This is what happens with a depressed person. His or her inner nature becomes so lethargic that the body becomes inactive. Everything seems useless to such a person and he engages in sleep and laziness to escape reality. The best way that a depressed person can help himself is by actually reading or listening to the Gita and having faith in Krishna. Now Krishna tells Arjun that people will speak of his ill reputation for ages to come and for a respectable person, infamy is worse than death. He wants Arjun to realize that if he denies to fight the war, then he will have to face huge disrespect and dishonor. Let us consider this situation when we interact with people in the society. Our situation could be that people treat us with respect and honor, and in another situation, people may turn their face away from us and look at us with disrespect. Naturally, we would prefer the first situation, but if we do not perform action, if we do not perform our duties, then we will always be subject to the second type of situation where people disrespect us. Krishna tells Arjun that when he will fall down in the eyes of those people who initially respected him a lot, all those great warriors will conclude that Arjuna refused to fight due to the fear and they will misunderstand him as a coward. The same is the situation with us as well. When we start embracing inaction and laziness, then there is immense disrespect and no place for such people in the society. In the next verse, Krishna tells that our enemies are always in search for an opportunity to insult and blame us and by refusing to act, we should not give them such an opportunity. So the Lord tells Arjun that his enemies will insult him with unkind words which should not be spoken and there can be no greater pain than this. If we look around us, there is no scarcity of people who are trying to put us down. If we ourselves provide them with such an opportunity, then they will be very happy and we will make a fool out of ourselves. In the next verse, Krishna tells Arjun that if he dies while battling with courage in the war, then he will go to heaven because he would have performed his duty. And if he wins the war, then he shall rule the kingdom. Therefore, he tells Arjuna to make a firm decision with determination and get ready to fight the war. Even in our daily lives, when we are doing a task with all our effort and concentration, then we are not really bothered about winning or losing. If we win, we earn fame. And even if we lose, we earn respect in the eyes of the people because we did our best. The Lord then tells Arjun 
that he should look equally at victory, defeat, comfort, struggle, happiness and distress and in such a state of equanimity he should be prepared to fight. If Arjun fights with this principle then he will not commit a sin. If in a challenge we exert our best efforts without any attachment to the results then our victory will provide us with satisfaction but even our defeat will not leave us with regret because we did all that was possible. When we do a work that we actually enjoy doing then we start enjoying the process much more instead of constantly worrying about the results. We should perform our duty just like an artist creates an art piece with immense love and while enjoying the process. This is something that I have also learned from personal experience and I am trying to create this podcast with the same attitude. In the next shlok Krishna tells that he shall now explain the yoga of knowledge in terms of working without results. He tells that if Arjun will act in such knowledge then he can free himself from the attachment to the results of his action. Knowledge involved thinking and understanding while action involves acting and applying the principles. Krishna tells that for a person in this yoga of action there is no loss and no fault related to the attachment of results. Even slight knowledge in the domain of yoga of action is able to free a person from the most terrible fears for most of us it is not possible to embrace the lifestyle of monks sadhus and priests so for people like us we should embrace the yoga of action if we are able to understand and apply the principles of yoga of action then we shall never face disappointment in this path of action all the people are absolutely determined and unwavering and their aim is one But Krishna tells that for people who do not have a still mind and have too many desires their intelligence is scattered. Here Krishna is speaking about indecision when we fail to take decisions then our attention and intelligence starts traveling to different places but when we are determined to make a decision then the sole aim is to get that work done. In the next verse Krishna tells Arjun about those people who are plunged into the rewards and are enjoying those praises of results who are flattered by the words mentioned in the vedas those whose intelligence only desires heaven and who do not imagine anything other than heaven so here krishna is indicating about those people who are only bothered about the results and the benefits from work if we start a work with the objective of gaining something from it then it becomes an act of selfishness and krishna is warning us of the same Krishna refers to such people who only think of results as imposters. He tells Arjun that such people who use flowery words to show their wisdom and are only worried about their benefits are imposters. If a person gives more importance to the results from a particular task and if he performs the task with the sole objective of getting results for himself or herself, then such a person is not following the yoga of action. We may often come across such people who do not act when it is the time to work but only dream and speak a lot of things. We should safeguard ourselves against such people. Those people who perform a task only to reap the benefits, such people do not have their minds fixed on the supreme. Krishna tells that such people are selfish by nature and are too attached to sense enjoyment. We should avoid the company of such people who do not have true devotion towards their work. We can identify such people by their lack of willingness to act. 
such people only want to enjoy the results without exerting efforts moving ahead krishna tells that the knowledge of the vedas is linked to the three modes of material nature krishna asks arjun to go beyond these modes and be free from dualities here again krishna indicates the importance of stoicism he tells that without being impacted by gain or loss arjuna should be situated in the self in the next verse krishna tells that this thinking is absolutely wrong that only by reading the vedas a person gets knowledge if we understand the supreme truths behind the vedas then reading the same won't be a necessity the yoga of action is much more powerful than knowledge but it is essential for us to understand the true essence of this action in the next verse krishna tells that as humans the only right that we have is to act and perform the duty so he advises arjun to act and not to desire results from his actions another thing which the lord makes clear is that inaction should never be preferred an important point to note here is that krishna is not suggesting that we will not get the results of our hard work but we should not desire the results and we should not be attached to them we should only be focused on our action as our duty and the results will follow in the next verse the lord tells that after sacrificing attachment to victory or defeat with a state of perfect equanimity and balanced mind arjun should perform his duties without any desire for the result of the action he tells arjun to never let such a state arise that he loses his willingness to work the person who gives up his desire for the fruits of action and indulges in this yoga of action is able to free himself from sins and virtues the ones who only work for fruits are always scared of failure which hinders their ability to perform the task in the best possible manner once we are devotional to our work and to the supreme then the intelligence keeps us on the right path in the next verse lord mentions that the person who is engaged in devotion towards work and the lord the one who works without any desire for fruits is able to get rid of both good and bad actions even in this life so krishna tells arjun to practice the yoga of action yoga is the state of equanimity in every situation be it favorable or unfavorable krishna advises arjun that in such a state he should perform his duties and keep doing his work in the next verse the lord tells that an ordinary person after getting the results from one action becomes overwhelmed with joy and starts with other work in greed of the results the only fault in this way of living is the greed of the results if we exert all our strengths capabilities and desires in the work instead of the fruits then we will be focused in the task that we perform we will become better at it and eventually achieve the best result without even getting attached whether it is attachment to the relations or to riches or to fame this attachment is the main cause of our trouble when the mind is free from such attachment then we operate in the yoga of action one thing to note here is that relations riches and fame do not create troubles for human beings but what creates trouble for us is the attachment to these things when there is attachment then our ability to think rationally is clouded by doubt 
Dhritarashtra's attachment to his sons gave rise to the war of Mahabharat and Yudhishthira's attachment to gambling was the reason that Pandavas lost their kingdom. Even in the modern world, there is no scarcity of such examples where attachment causes harm. When the mind and intelligence is fixed in one place or in the supreme lord, then this is known as yoga. The absolute stillness of the mind is known as concentration and any task which is performed with concentration is never wasted. One fact about the mind is that it is always jumping from one thought or one desire to another. Krishna here instructs us to practice stillness of the mind. Arjun asks Krishna that how can he identify such a person who is fixed and still in mind? What are the symptoms of such a person? How does the person speak, sit and walk? Arjun wants to know the way of identifying such great people who are able to fix their mind in one place with absolute stillness. Krishna tells Arjun that when a person gives up all his desires for satisfaction of the senses, when his mind is purified and free from all distractions, when he finds peace in the self that is the soul, then such a person is said to be fixed in mind. The Lord tells that one who does not lament in a situation of sorrow, one whose mind is still, instead of being overwhelmed with joy in a favorable situation, one who looks at anger, fear and love equally, the mind of such a person is always steady and this person is called a yogi. Here the Lord explains that the person who does not allow himself to be changed by the situations that surround him is fixed in intelligence. In the next verse, the Lord mentions that one who is not attached, one who views with an equal eye the good and the bad, the right and the wrong, such a person is able to keep his mind steady. In other words, Krishna is telling that with such control and patience, if we do not allow ourselves to be impacted much by the external situations, then we can lead a life of discipline. Just like the tortoise pulls its legs inside the shell, in the same way, when a person is able to withdraw the mind from sense attachment, then he is able to obtain a fixed and a firm mind. In other words, while living in this material world, escaping from the attachment to material or sexual pleasures is the way of controlling the mind. If we keep ourselves away from the material pleasures, then we may not interact with it, but if the taste for the same remains, then the attachment is not truly vanished. So Krishna tells that if we say no to material pleasures, but we still desire the same, that makes no sense. We have to rid ourselves of this desire itself and not the world. One possible explanation could be that Krishna does not want us to leave everything in the material world. All he suggests is to be careful and not get attached. In the next verse, the Lord tells Arjun that when the attachment is too strong, then the senses are even able to capture the rationality of an intelligent person who may try to control them. He explains that when we do not get rid of our desires, then the senses gain control of the mind. If we think about it, we shall realize that more than often, instead of situations being in our control, we are in control of the situations. Sometimes we cannot stop sleep, sometimes hunger, 
and sometimes the desire for sexual pleasure is so strong that it destroys the ability of the mind to distinguish between right and wrong. In the next verse, Krishna mentions that after controlling the senses, the one who keeps the supreme in consciousness and focuses on his duty, his action, his work, then such a person is able to obtain firm intelligence and come closer to his goals. In the future, before doing any work, just observe whether it is the senses which is making you do that particular work or is it your duty. This exercise will help in making the particular point clear. If we are controlled by the senses, then fixing the mind in intelligence is impossible. If we keep thinking about our senses, then we get attached to it and attachment gives rise to desire. When that desire is not fulfilled, it gives rise to anger. Just like eating too much increases appetite, sleeping too much increases the sleep quota. In the same way, thinking too much about sense pleasure traps us in it. Krishna tells that anger reduces the ability of humans to think clearly. When we are unable to think properly, we are not able to remember and when the memory becomes weak, it leads to destruction of intelligence. When we cannot recall that what we have learned, then the knowledge will be of no value and in the absence of knowledge, a person falls down in the world of darkness. The ones who are able to keep their desires under control, the ones who do not allow the senses to go in the wrong direction. They are the ones who experience a peaceful and pleasant life. Such people experience happiness from within and not dependent on any external source. The peace and pleasure that we seek is not anywhere but within ourselves. But unfortunately, we search for them outside and try to seek validation. When a person is happy from within, sorrow comes to an end and the intelligence of such a yogi withdraws itself from everywhere and becomes fixed in one place. Therefore, we should be happy from within so that our intelligence becomes fixed in one place and we are able to increase the concentration. So instead of worrying about the results, we should just choose a field of interest and exert all our efforts to achieve a particular goal without any attachment and without slavery to the senses. The people who cannot control their desires or their senses, they cannot take any rational decision. Such a person who cannot control his emotions does not find peace and there is no possibility of happiness without peace. For a sick person, even the good food appears tasteless. That which is within a person is always reflected on the outward side sooner or later. Then the Lord mentions that just like the wind controls and changes the direction of the boat sailing on water, in the same way, the senses on which the mind is focused also controls and changes the intelligence of a man. If such a person is angry, he won't be able to think of anything else and if he is in love, he will not bother to think about anything because of blindness. Here Krishna explains the potential danger that we can be exposed to if we allow ourselves to be controlled by the senses. The person who is restrained completely from the senses and from the temporary joy that they provide is able to obtain firm intelligence. There is no denying the fact that the mind takes our attention to such areas that we forget our original purpose and aim. Our intelligence depends on our senses and so if we want to control the mind then we have to control the senses. In the next verse, 
the lord mentions that uh, something which is night for the ordinary humans is the time of awakening for the yogi a yogi rises during this time to get knowledge and to study the mind and that which is pleasure for ordinary people which is material desires that comfort is indifferent to yogi and he is not bothered by it just like the rivers enter the huge ocean without disturbing the stillness of the ocean in the same way when all the desires are absorbed by a person without impacting the stillness of his mind then such a person is able to experience peace and happiness and not the one who is trapped by such desires here again krishna speaks about stoicism often we become happy when a person compliments us and sad when someone offends us we need to be like the ocean calm and composed and we should learn not to be impacted by external situations the person who after getting rid of desires becomes prideless detached and free from false ego is the one who attains peace that person is truly successful who without being bothered by external situations is engaged in the flow of his work and duty with pure devotion in the next verse krishna tells arjun that after attaining such a desireless state a yogi is not amazed by the worldly situations such a person experiences the ultimate truth these are the symptoms of those people who achieve their goal with steady mind with this we have come to the end of the second chapter of the bhagavad gita where the lord sheds light on knowledge and action thank you so much for listening hope the same was able to provide you with value stay tuned for the next episode thank you